Did you know that if your website is running too slowly, it can cause higher bounce rates, lower search engine rankings, lower page view numbers, and lower conversion rates? To put it simply, a slow website means lower profits. In fact, if your site is delayed by more than one second, it could literally be costing you thousands of dollars a year. But don't worry, I have an answer for you. WPX Hosting. WPX Hosting has some of the fastest website hosting on the planet with lightning quick servers, 24-7 support that is available in less than 37 seconds when you need them, blazing fast load speeds, and even a free high-speed content delivery network or a CDN. But that is not the best part. Even if you are on another web host, WPX Hosting will work with you for free to migrate your site in less than one day. Along with automatic backups, malware scanning and removal, email, staging areas, and 99.95% uptime guarantees, WPX is the exclusive web host for the Blogger Evolution podcast. Our friends over at WPX Hosting want you to join the family as well. For a limited time, you can enjoy a 50% discount on the first month of hosting, meaning you can make your website faster for less than $13. Visit bloggerevolution.com hosting for your 50% coupon. That's bloggerevolution.com hosting. Remember, a faster website means higher profits. If I'm ever starting a website personally anymore uh, from scratch, I never use a fresh domain. I always use an age domain. And the other way I use age domains in my own personal portfolio is for 301 redirect. So if I've already got a website or I'm acquiring a website and I find an age domain that um, fits with the site and fits with the niche and passes the vetting, then I, I'm looking for those opportunities to use age domains to power up existing websites. Regular people are taking their passions and interests, writing about it in a blog and making a living from it. But not everyone is successful. There is a right way to build a blog and a wrong way. And I am here to help you succeed with your online business. My name is Chris Miles, and this is the Blogger Evolution Podcast. Oh, and welcome to the blogger evolution podcast my name is chris miles wherever you are wherever you may be thanks for making us part of your day okay so we got a good one for you today i had the privilege of interviewing adam smith from nichewebsite.builders we talk about everything especially when it comes to age domains vetting them properly uh, uh, making sure that we uh, if we're not going to build a site on that age domain how to properly redirect it so that Google overlords don't get upset with us. <laughs> Look, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes when it comes to the people that we interview on this uh, podcast, I sometimes I do it for selfish reasons. I'm going to be honest, you know, because a lot of times I stumble across these people while I'm doing research on on stuff for my own niche sites. And that's kind of what happened with this one. I have been following nichewebsite.builders, their YouTube channel, for quite some time now. But just recently, really getting into this whole age domain thing. If you remember, we just recently purchased an age domain and redirected it to our site. And a lot of the vetting that we did, a lot of the um, uh, going through the entire process of making sure that what we're buying was actually going to help us came from the train that I got from the nichewebsite.builders YouTube channel, their lives where they answer questions constantly. And now today we're able to talk directly with Adam and, and get some good questions that are going to give us great answers on how we can build our sites faster. I think one cool part about this entire interview is that he says that he's probably done with ever building a niche site on a fresh domain because there's no point when there's so many expired domains out there, when there's so many aged domains out there that we can take uh, take link juice from. But the thing is, you have to do it right. And that's what we talk about today. We talk about the whole vetting process. We talk about how to 301 redirect it if we're doing it to a fresh domain, or if we're just going to build it on the domain itself. We talk about the need for relevance, where we can find where the old domain or where the old website look like, and how to get that same link juice that that old site got into our sites. The importance of creating content that's going to keep the juice, the link juice that it already has. We talk about how we how to do acquisition pages, how to check for trademarks, uh, how to value a domain. You know, what makes one age domain better than the next? 
we go through all of that. So let's not waste too much more time on this because it's some really good information in this podcast. Go ahead and pull out your notebooks, pull out your pens, get ready to take some notes. We're about to talk to Adam Smith from Niche Website Builders. Oh, and before we jump into that, Adam was gracious enough to give us a great discount for you, just the Blogger Evolution community. Right now, if you go to bloggerevolution.com slash NWB, that's bloggerevolution.com slash NWB, as in Niche Website Builders, then you're going to be able to get a 10% discount on any of their link building services. You're gonna get 10% more content on any type of content subscriptions that you sign up for, and then 10% more content on any one-off content or a done-for-you website order. That's going to be a discount that's just for us, all right? Just by going to bloggerevolution.com slash NWB, as in Niche Website Builders. I'll be sure to put a link down in the show notes in case that wasn't clear enough, but um, I want you to be able to take advantage of that discount. But let's go ahead and jump into this a wonderful interview that we have with Adam Smith from nichewebsite.builders. And welcome back to the Blogger Evolution Podcast. My name is Chris Miles, and we are interviewing Adam Smith from Niche Website Builders. He has graced us with his presence, and we are so thankful for that because he has some great insights when it comes to uh, website investing, age domains. It, basically, you know, when it comes to making money in this business, you know, him and, and his business with uh, Mark over at with Niche Website Builders, they're great at what they do, and it's going to be awesome to be able to tap into some of uh, the brain power they got over there. So uh, thank you so much, Adam, for being on. No, thanks, Chris. Appreciate you uh, you bringing me on here. You you big me up there. You you set the scene for something epic now, and uh, <laughs> I, I hope it delivers. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be epic for us nerds, right? How about that? <laughs> yeah, I love I love being nerdy. Love being nerdy. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, let's go ahead and just just jump right in. Would you mind giving us like just a quick background on how you got into this whole niche website building business yeah. and and how it's been for you so far? Sure. So. Um, for, for a number of years prior to this, I was working for like digital marketing companies. So I worked for a, an ad network to start with. Um, <clears throat> and then from there, I moved to a more traditional agency. Um, and I was kind of you know, very client facing, a digital strategist for like universities, uh, things like that. And then um, I'd been involved in kind of affiliate marketing on and off in some way or another, like even as far back as kind of like 2008, I think uh, we we did a, a we did a stream recently where we looked back like when was the first time we got involved. And I, I'm sure they were bought something from Flipper in 2008. Um, <clears throat> so, but when I was working for the the digital marketing company, I knew I wanted to do something uh, a little bit more in depth. And um, this was back when uh, Empire Flippers sold websites for uh, sites down around the ten thousand dollar mark. I know they don't do that anymore. Everything's the way old expensive on there. Yeah, yeah, the old school days. <laughs> That's it. Um, so I saw a site on there. It was in the kind of barbecue and, uh, and, and cooking space. And I didn't know anything about it because in the UK, we don't have smokers. We just have plain old barbecues. So we, I didn't even know what a smoker was. Uh, and I bought the site. Um, and then I, I literally poured my heart and soul into it. I'd kind of taken everything I'd, I'd learned over the last couple of years working for other people in, in the agency space, applied it to the website. Um, and I worked in the evenings and the weekends and and that kind of thing for about seven or eight months. Um, and then out of the blue, somebody approached me to see if I wanted to sell the site. And I said, yes, and I sold the site. And it was for more money than I make in a whole year, kind of uh, working at the agency. I was like, I, I need to do more of this. I need, <laughs> I need some more of this stuff. <laughs> um, so like long story short, I asked, could I drop down to three days a week with the agency to, to do website stuff two days a week? And they said, no. Um, so I quit there and then. <laughs> And um, the rest is history. I, I took like a month off to recuperate because I've been working about seven or eight months full time and working evenings and weekends on this website, like nonstop. So I took a couple of weeks off to recover. And then I, I bought another site and jumped back in. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years, I met Mark, my business partner, and we were just frustrated with the lack of kind of agencies out there that could help people like us who had portfolios. Uh, so we started Niche Website Builders, and that was two and a half years ago now. So we've been running that for two and a half years. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's an amazing backstory uh, because you're right. There is a gap for what Niche Website Builders provides. Um, it's just, yeah. I guess, I mean, as, as much as people are saying blogging is getting quote unquote saturated or whatever, but there's still 
a, not a ton of people who do it, you know, and because of that, yeah. you know, industries like yours that um, or businesses like yours are coming in and helping out people like us who because these are some of the things we have to do with a niche website. It's very labor intensive. Right. And it's much better to just pay someone else to do it in most cases. Um, but anyway, yeah. you said on your first site. So your first site was a purchase site. It wasn't built from scratch. No, it was a, it was a purchase site. So the, yeah, just well, jumped right in at the deep end. <laughs> well, tell me the story about what, what made you decide that this was the site? What did you look at? What kind of things were you trying to figure out? This is back when you were probably a lot more inexperienced with it, but what were some of the pros yeah. and cons of, of just jumping in head first? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember exactly the, the details of the deal, um, but I, I know I probably didn't do the same level of due diligence that I would do now these days <laughs> for sure. Um, but at the time I, 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 come into some money and basically you know in the past whenever i'd had like a chunk of money i i wasted it and i was determined yeah. this time to do something meaningful i thought well you know I've, I've i've helped universities and i've helped other customers and clients make a ton of money in the past for them like why don't i do it for myself and like i said always had some kind of interest and a little bit of background about affiliate marketing and, and that kind of stuff this is it I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna use a big chunk of this money it was almost all of it to buy a site and I was safe in the knowledge that when I was buying it, it was cash flow generating. Like I wasn't just buying it and then I was going to make no money up front. It was making money to start with. Um, effort into it and to, to build into something else. Okay, nice. That, that's great because, yeah. you know, most of us when we were first getting started, I know for me, you know, I had to build a site completely from scratch because necessarily didn't have the capital. That's one thing you need when you start buying websites and stuff is you need the capital to be able to do that. Um, let me ask you this. Would you recommend anyone like loan money out to try to not loan money out but get a loan to be able to buy or something or would you rather pay cash for when you're buying a site uh, i think i think it, it all depends on your situation i think um if I, if I had my time again by the way i would i would probably build from scratch for my first mm -hmm. website although i made this a success i like there's always an element of luck that plays into this i could yeah. have bought a site especially back then like i didn't quite know what i was doing i could have bought a site that was it was horrible and was a dog and like lost money on but so i think there was a big element of luck in that first one and i I'd, I'd always recommend someone to build from scratch to start with now uh, maybe with the help of someone like us or, or you know some kind of help so you learn the pitfalls and you learn what good quality content looks like and you yeah. learn what a good site structure is so when you buy sites you can then identify like oh that's got a good site structure or oh that hasn't got a good site structure so that's an opportunity for me to come in and i can improve that there um in terms of the, you know, would, would you loan money? I think if you are highly successful and you know exactly what you're doing, then there's a case for, for lending money, especially at the higher range. I think it's different as well because in the US, you can get like an SBA, which is really low interest loans for, yeah. for websites. Here in the UK, we don't have anything like that. You'd be basically taking out a credit card or a loan at high interest. And yeah, it's, I would never, I would never do that, no matter how experienced you were. Yeah, because it's it's risky, right? It's very risky, and you're going to be left with a big pile of debt and nothing to, <laughs> nothing to get rid exactly. of it with, if that's the case. But since there yeah. is such big money, you know, in website investing, how do you trust the process? Because it is. It is tough to be able to put up, you know, maybe you find a site for fifty or sixty thousand dollars, and then you might have to yeah. dump another ten to fifteen in it for content and VAs and all of that fun stuff, just for you to hopefully get a return of over a hundred thousand in a year or two. Um, how do you trust yeah. the process and know that that type of money is going to get you a return? Yeah, I think it comes through experience. I think, uh, I mean, it's we deal with with customers at niche website builders everyone from beginners who is doing who are doing this for the first time all the way through to kind of like portfolio investors and portfolio investors have been through this they understand the process they know that you know you put x resources in and typically and they, there's always risk but typically x comes out of the back end in terms yeah. of increased traffic revenue but we also we also have a lot help a lot of people who this is their first time and there's we do have to do a lot of kind of reassuring and hand holding that you know, you are putting money into almost what feels like a bottomless pit for the first kind of year, sometimes, sometimes even longer, sometimes shorter, but at least for the first year, you feel like you're spending a ton of time, a ton of effort, and, and in some cases, a ton of money on a site that's really not getting a lot of traction. And then typically what happens is you see that kind of exponential curve and that exponential growth. And then when it hits, all those fears 
kind of dissipate and be like, oh my God, this is great. Sure, this is what I was expecting. But holding their hand through that first kind of 12 months is, is usually quite hard. Um, and once you've been through it once or twice, I think you trust the process more, but the first time is, un- is undoubtedly really difficult, really, really difficult. Yeah, and that difficulty is tough because you, especially because you either have more time than money or more money than time usually. And when you're putting in this type of effort towards something and you're not getting return, whether it's your time or your money, um, you're more nervous, right? But I remember like the second site, the third site that I built, it didn't take as long, even though it probably took around the same amount of time. It didn't feel as long because I knew what was coming on the other, other side of it. So because creating these sites does take such a while, especially after you're doing it from scratch. I know you've been using age domains and age sites and things of that nature to try to to, to leap over that, that quote unquote Google sandbox. Uh, how has age domains changed your business? Yeah, well, it's, it's changed uh, the business and also the, the kind of like the, the personal way that I invested in, in websites as well, um, in a couple of different ways. So if I'm ever starting a website personally anymore uh, from scratch, I never use a fresh domain. I always use an age domain. Wow. Um, wow. Nice. And the other way I use age domains in my own personal portfolio is for 301 redirect. So if I've already got a website or I'm acquiring a website and I find an age domain that um, fits with the site and fits with the niche and passes the vetting, then I, I'm looking for those opportunities to use age domains to power up existing websites. So that's how we're doing it with uh, like kind of personally and through the business, it, it, you know, we help source domains. We partner with Odis. Um, and if there's not a, a domain available on Odis, then, then we can look for domains as well. Um, and we source domains, we vet them. Uh, we put a lot of content about how we vet domains. Um, and we can, put, you know, we can cover some of the topics on vetting today if, you, if we've got time. Um, <clears throat> and then we we'll do the whole process for, for someone. So we'll find the domain, We'll uh, match the niche, so relevance is really important with age domains. We'll do all the keyword research. We'll write the content. We'll build the website. We'll handle any old 301 redirects internally that need to be done. Um, we'll even su- you know, submit the site maps to Search Console and launch the site as a full kind of done-for-you package then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So when you 301 redirect, you know, just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, um, you're basically trying to get the link juice or the authority from one site to the next, right? Yes. Is there any risk exactly. in doing that? I think there is if um, if done wrong or if you redirect the wrong domain into it. Um, so, <clears throat> for example, if you've got a, a site that's on tennis, you don't want to redirect in a, a, a domain about food, for example, because it might be the best food domain ever, but it's nothing to do with tennis. And relevancy when it comes to, to age domains is key. So you never want to do that. Um, and then we've also got a very kind of um, a, a process for redirecting in expired domains. That, that's nothing. You, you don't redirect it straight to the homepage. I see lots of people talk about how a redirect failed. And when you dig into it, they just basically 301 redirected the domain to the homepage. And that's it. Like, that's not the right way to go about it. It looks unnatural. The Google looks unnatural that a business acquiring another business would just do that. Um, so we've got a whole process around how that looks. So if you don't mind, dive into that process. What Because that's that's probably what I would do, right? <laughs> I would see that all of the links are yeah. pointing to this domain, and I want the authority to go from there to here, and I would just redirect everything to the homepage. But you're saying don't do that? What what, what process do oh. you follow? Sure. So, yeah, it's natural. And in all honesty, that's the easiest way to do it. It's the quickest way to do it. But the way that we do it is, um, first and foremost, you want to make sure you've got content on the website that's to do with the domain that you're going to redirect in. So, for example, if you've got a website about sports and you're going to make a new category about tennis because you found a, a domain that's about tennis that you want to redirect in, you want to create a, a big bunch of content about tennis to start with on your main website. And then you want to create what we call an acquisition page. So it's a page on your main website. The introduction, a couple of hundred words, talks about how your main website has acquired the domain of the other website. And then you want to do a, another another paragraph, which is another couple of hundred words, which basically talks about your website in general. Like, this is the mission and goal of my website. We're here to educate people on sports, et cetera, et cetera. And then underneath that, then you want to have uh, what we call a, a skyscraper piece of content. And in this case, would be all about tennis. It, it doesn't have to target a keyword. It can just be literally, you know, 
the history of tennis and how it's evolved over the past 30 years. And in there, you want to write a piece of content that allows you to internally link through to all of your pieces of content on tennis on your website. So what you've got is this, this acquisition page now, which talks about how you acquired it, what your business does, a piece about tennis that internally links through to your tennis posts. And then with the redirect domain, you want to redirect all of that, the, the whole website, the whole the domain into that acquisition page. And what it does, you redirect in the domain about tennis onto a page about tennis. So the relevance is one-to-one. And then that page becomes a really powerful page because all of the links point there, all of the tennis-related links point there. And then it passes that power through down to all of your individual blog posts about tennis through the internal links. Okay. So if a site has a lot of different pages on it, like, I mean, or I should say the backlinks. If the backlinks have are referring to other pages that are on that age domain, do you recreate that content or do you send them all to this acquisition page? If they're relevant, then we'd recreate the, the content. Uh, never from way back, by the way. So we would never just copy and paste them from way back. So if, for example, the domain that we're redirecting is about tennis and they had a page that talked about tennis rackets, then we would definitely, as part of that initial creating content about tennis on your main site, create a piece about tennis rackets. It would probably be a commercial piece. And then in that case, you would redirect the individual page to your tennis page. Everything else, if you can't find, if you can't create a piece of content or you can't find one that's relevant, then all of it would go to the acquisition page then. Okay. All right. That makes perfect sense because at that point, you can now kind of distribute the authority as much as you want. Okay. That's kind of cool. So just to make sure I got this right, you'll go find a domain that is relevant, that's going to fit exactly what you're trying to do with your website, whatever content you're going to be creating. And then you create an acquisition page, send all of the relevant or link all of the relevant information from the previous domain to your new one, have a nice, well-written, you know, hey, we just acquired this site. This is what we're about. And then some good content that just, you know, that hopefully talking about whatever it is your niche is about. And then basically link as much as possible to uh, to other related places onto your site. I like that because it's kind of like a warm handoff, you know, versus a cold like, hey, I was trying to go to this page and this other page came up that might be spammy, that might feel weird kind of a thing. But because you have the warm handoff, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, I, okay, that's a great process. I, I love that. Um, and then here, there's, there's two, other, two other things on that as well. So yeah. the, the other good thing about that is whenever you then decide to go and add more content about tennis, for example, you can then go back to your acquisition page and update it and add more internal links. So you can continually keep adding to that acquisition page because in essence, it's it's a really powerful piece of content that's got tons of referring domains and you want to pass that power out. You can always go back and update it with new content as well. Um, yeah. And then the other step is, is once that's done, everything's set up, all the redirection in place, um, you know, we'd always recommend that our clients then go out and get a, a press release and say to the world that your money site has acquired the domain of this other website. Um, because you, we're trying to, um, trying to make it look as natural as possible. And when one business acquires another business, traditionally, they would put out a press release. They would tell the world that they've acquired this other site. Um, so we just want to kind of mimic that. Uh, we don't want to... Yeah, we just want to say to Google, like, this is a real business, a real website acquiring another business, and we're following the steps that a real business would take. Yeah, because that would help, I would assume, with uh, making it seem more natural, right? Because rather than just this abrupt change, you can say, oh, okay, yeah. this process was followed, and and hopefully Google sees it and can continue giving the juice. Um, have you ever done a had a dud? Like, uh, how long would you let... You know, you get a re- 301 redirect, you do all of the work to point it to your new domain. How long do you let it sit before you are like, okay, this isn't working? Or do you just let leave it there forever? Yeah, you just, well, you just leave it there, essentially. If you've done all of your due diligence on the domain, so I guess the, the main thing I should point out there is you should only ever redirect a domain in that you would be happy to build a money site on. Like it should have no red flags. It should be a really high quality domain. Um and if you follow all that due diligence, due, diligence, due diligence process and you're happy with it, then I would never take it down. In terms of how long you does it take to see results, it varies uh, it, it, it inevitably. Um, some websites don't get much of a boost at all. Like you redirect a domain in and like the, nothing really too much happens with the traffic. The DR goes up, the referring domains go up. So the site in essence is more powerful, but it doesn't get a massive boost all the way through to I did one of my, in my personal portfolio and I redirected in and six months later, traffic's doubled and I've not added any new content. So wow. 
it varies massively in time scale and also results, but predominantly the results tend to be positive. Okay. All right. So in terms of that, you've mentioned due diligence a few times. Um, what's your like yeah. top few things that you would do before you decide to purchase an age domain and start pushing it to your site? Yeah. Well, the first thing and I think is really important is just to make sure there's no trademark issues with the domain. Um, that's really important. Um, so you can go up, you can go and have a look at the US trademark database. Um, and I know there's different types of trademarks. You've got like a design mark and a character mark and all that kind of stuff. I'm not a trademark lawyer. So if I see any trademark that's live, even if it's a design mark, or whatever, then I, for me, that's enough. That's a red flag. And like, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, so First and foremost, make sure there's no there's no trademark issues. And then uh, the next thing you do is you go to Wayback or go to archive.org, pull up the website and you want to open up pretty much every tab. Like you want to have a look at every snap, every, at least once a year for every snapshot that archive.org has of the website. And you need to go through that almost with a fine tooth comb. And you're looking in there to see what, was, what the website was about. Did it change designs? Did it change topics did was it a site about tennis and then it changed to food and then it went back to tennis like why is that you try and figure out the story of the the backstory of the website and you're also looking there to make sure that the site's never been abused or never been used as a pbn um or never someone's it's dropped for a while been offline for a year and it's come back on it looks exactly the same but there's a sneaky link on the homepage to a viagra website for example or you know something like that so you want to go through way back with a with a fine tooth comb and then for most of the other checks, you're going to need uh, like a subscription to Ahrefs, uh, typically. Um, and in there, there's a couple of things we look at. So uh, the first thing we would look at is, does it have content still indexed? Does it have keywords still ranking? What is that? Um, can we recreate content around that to start with? Can we maintain those pages? Then we look at the anchor text profile. So is the anchor text profile clean? And by that, what I mean by that is, is it predominantly branded towards the top? So the, the most anchors, the other the anchor text of the most referring domains is typically needs to be branded. Um, and you're also looking for clues that they've not done any unnatural link building. So, you know, if it's about tennis that you don't have 15 links pointing back to in the anchor text is best tennis rackets for beginners. Cause that just looks unnatural and clearly they've been <laughs> building links that way. Um, and you also want to just see, make sure that there's nothing in there to do with Viagra or porn or um, jerseys or Nike Jordan Airs or anything that looks like nothing related to the website, basically. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so okay, go, go, go ahead. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then from there, we then also have a little look at um, the best pages by links report, mm -hmm. which basically shows... Um, what, what pages, individual URLs, do the, are the backlinks pointing to? And we'd order that highest to lowest. And that gives an indication of, you know, how much cleanup work do we have to do, essentially? Were there, do most of the links go to the homepage, which is great because that's the most powerful part? Or did, you know, did they have 10 links go into 50 pages each? And you'd want to keep those 10 links. So you'd have to recreate or redirect those 50 pages. So we have a little, little look at that. A preference would be most of them are going to the homepage. Um, and then finally, in Ahrefs, you can go back in time and have a little look at what keywords the site was ranking for all the way back, I think, to 2012. Um, you just want to go back and have a look every couple of years to make sure that, again, this is just another fail check. Say if you've missed something in way back that the site was never ranking for keywords that, you know, again, about porn or Viagra or anything that looks dodgy, basically. All right, cool. Wow, that's a lot to unpack right there. That was uh, some great information. Thank you so much for that, Adam. Um, so, okay, a couple of things that I had while we were going through. So I recently yeah. was looking at an age domain, and one thing that I saw was I punched it into who is, and I kind of wanted yeah. to know how, if how old the site was or how old the domain yeah. was. And the domain said, like, 2019, 2020, but the place I was looking at had um, – claimed that it was from like a 17 18 year old domain so chances are that site dropped at some point it expired and someone just repurchased yeah. it um is there a big difference between buying an expired domain or um maybe one that was picked up by you know an otis or a certain names or something like that what exactly is there a big difference between an expired domain versus an age domain 
No, in our, in our opinion, not. So I, I think there's three different uh, scenarios there where I, I see people talk about. One is like an age domain, one is an expired domain, and then one is a domain that maybe has been 301 redirected to another website for a number of years. And people say like, can you use all three of them? Is one better than the other? Uh, and in our experience, and we, we've built over a hundred of these websites now, we don't tend to see any difference really in terms of was it an age domain has it expired and dropped at one point or even has it been 301 redirected to another site for a number of years they they all do the same thing typically um and in our experience there's not one that's better than the other that uh, you know in terms of getting a site kick-started and getting traffic and getting traction quicker they're all roughly about the same in in the, in the data that we have Okay. All right. That's that's actually kind of comforting because <laughs> I'm in the process of doing that myself. And I was just, just curious on that point because there, there's a delineation there. It's an expired domain versus an age one. So it doesn't make a huge difference. And you're saying through your stuff, is you don't really see a change. I think um, I think Mush, Mushvik talked about this in his recent project. And I know you've interviewed Mushvik recently. And um, he said the same thing. He wasn't quite sure. But his age domain that he's working on, which had the same exactly what you said basically it's cleared expired has come back to life literally within the first week um so that's just another kind of uh uh example of you know in public that they don't that doesn't really make too much of a difference okay no that's 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 good that's that's good stuff because you know you always try to keep the google gods happy right and it's like you always have that one thing in the back of your mind okay is this ever going to 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 be an issue in the future but uh People have been doing this for for years, and Google can't necessarily determine if a site, you know, is is doing something nefarious when you do stuff like have the acquisition page and have the press release and things of that nature. That really helps with kind of joining A to B and then giving you a little bit of a moat probably around whether or not you're going to get dinged by an update or not. That's pretty, that's sure. pretty cool. All right, so um, and and, sorry, go ahead. There's examples out there of uh, of websites that have uh, done this strategy with hundreds of domains. So a classic one for me is ivisa.com. Literally like the letter I, visa.com, V-I-S-A.com. And they've they've got over a hundred domains redirected in and they've done something, they've they've done their own version of an acquisition page, Um, but that website's been around for uh, I think five or six years is growing year on year. And this is clearly a big part of the link building strategy and and their their overall strategy. And and they're in a really competitive space about visas, like travel visas. They're even ranking for terms, which really like they're competing with government-based websites and and outranking government-based websites. And they've been doing it for years um, without any kind of issue. So nice no that's 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 good to hear because especially when you have the capital to be able to do this um is it ever going to get to a point to where you know especially with where blogging is um that if you don't do these things you'll have a hard time ranking yeah i I think it's more about time horizon than time like time frame so i think even if you did everything white hat if you start on a fresh domain you wrote all your own content you did no link building i still think you can see success it's just how quickly would you see success um whereas all these other things like we talk about expired domains and 301 redirects on their own they're not silver bullets it's not like you use an age domain you put up 10 pieces of content and you're going to make tons of money it's not Mm -hmm. like that all it is is just a small part of the puzzle where you still have to do all the other things all it does really is is typically reduce that time horizon to traction and, and your first revenue kind of uh, levels, basically. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, let's just go back to due diligence right quick. How can you sure. tell a PBN? Because a lot of times, even experienced bloggers like myself, I, I sometimes struggle with determining whether or not a site has a PBN. Do you have like any type of tricks that you can use to tell whether or not this site has been is being used or uh, as a PBN or a public, public blog network? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for age domains, uh, usually it's quite easy to tell because there, it'll be something like for five years, the website is a website about food, and then it'll go offline for six months, and you can see in way back, they've had no kind of um, snapshots of six months, and then it'll come back online for another three or four months, and it'll be about, I don't know, VPNs. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, um, that doesn't fit at all. So no. usually it's quite easy to see. There are times, though, where you have to really look, and I, and I saw one which was basically the same website they'd recreated from way back and just in one of the sidebar links, 
uh, they link to another website about Viagra. I mean, like mm, that, that is hard. You, you could easily miss that. So you just I think it's more about like diligence, diligent, diligently checking and making sure you are happy with the site at all stages of its life. Um, I mean, if you wanted to, then you, you could have a little look at Ahrefs and have a look at the number of uh, incoming to outgoing, outgoing links as well. I don't, I'm not sure if that works on um, age domains, but on a live site, you could check how many incoming links does it have to outgoing links. And if it's way more outgoing links than incoming links, then clearly they're selling links because they've got tons of outbound links and not a lot of incoming links. So there's different ratios you can look at, look at that way as well if, if the site is live. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, that's some good information there because it's always... Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's such a delicate, you know, this whole process can seem delicate at times and you're almost scared to do anything um, to that nature. Uh, do you guys offer services to to help vet domains? Yeah, we do. It's it's a new service, actually. So uh, on a website now, if you are thinking of buying a domain from somewhere or you see one at auction and you want us to vet it, uh, you can go there and you can purchase um uh, yes, a vetting package. Send us the URL and we'll vet it. We'll put it through our uh, process. We'll video record it, showing you exactly what we're looking at, going through Wayback, going through Ahrefs, checking for trademarks. Um, and then also you've got the option to have a call then with typically myself, where you know you can ask questions and we can run through anything that I found during that report, during that video um, to have a little look. Or we also offer done for you packages where we've already done the due diligence on domains. We've already found them and we sell them as part of a, a done for you package then. Okay, cool. And that's over at nichewebsite.builders, right? Exactly. That's oh, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll be sure to include a link down in the show notes because um, <laughs> yeah, that's it's probably, it's a, it's a good, good place to go. They offer a lot of services that again are labor intensive. That will be really nice to be able to just uh, outsource to someone else to do for you and have it done white hat because that's really the real, the crux of this whole matter, what we're trying to do with still growing our sites. Um, yeah. let's, let me shift gears just a tad with you here. Um, I remember yeah. listening to one of the podcasts or one of the episodes that you were on, on your YouTube channel and you guys were talking about, um, website investing and you mentioned specifically how a huge part of your you know just net worth is tied up in websites um how uh, would you mind just going into that a little bit as to how um how much of your net worth is tied into websites yeah it's like 80 85 percent at the moment of my aside you know of my liquid net worth not my house or anything like that but cash that i have available for investing like 80 to 85 percent of it is tied up in in websites at the moment um mainly because um I, I'm quite a prolific flipper. I'll buy websites, keep them, uh, and sell them. And currently, I have a good chunk of websites that are in that uh, three to six month stage. Typically, I'll sell six to eight months. So at the moment, I've got a big chunk of my money tied up in websites. In the next three to six months, I'll probably start selling those off and it'll come back to cash. But I'll be looking for other opportunities then to invest in new websites. So constantly, you know, I want to keep it at that 80%, 85% level, really. That's pretty good. You know, to be honest, I'm going to go buy prolificflipper.com right now as soon as I get the chance. <laughs> That's a pretty no, good. Well, I've, been, I've been um I've been talking I've been I've been throwing this idea around with Mark. We don't have we don't have time now, but in the future I would love to start a project where I do like an over the shoulder kind of uh series where I flip my way to a million dollars. Oh wow. Yeah, that would make a great YouTube video, trust me. <laughs> Because just this the story right there is right there in it. But man, being yeah. having eighty five percent of your liquid assets in websites because you know sometimes we, you know, uh, you, you talk to people who are maybe just getting started with blogging and they're like, can you really make money with that? And just knowing that you know there's and it's, I know it's not just you. I have a, a good point, a good portion of my liquid assets in websites as well. And it's just wow, it's just the fact that you can depend on it so much. Um, yeah. Do you think it's going anywhere? Like, where is blogging going to be in the next five years, 10 years? Everyone's always asking me, how do I know this is still going to be a thing? How do I know Google is still going to be a thing? Um, what, what's yeah. your views on that? Yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere, really. I think there's too much money involved yeah. <laughs> uh, on the bigger scale of things. Um, in terms of, like, website investing specifically, I think the only way it's really going is, is up. More and more people are, are learning about uh, website investing as an asset class. Um, and also the demand for good, high quality sites is just increasing. Um, and you can see this, this reflected through the multiples that people are asking for websites. You know, two years ago when we started the business, 
typically you could buy a site for 25 times, maybe 30 times revenue. Now I see on Empire Flippers, sites going for 40, 45, you know, even as high as 50X. Um, and I sold, I sold a site last January myself for 55X. Um, so yeah, I, I just see them going up. And I there's definitely going to be a ceiling, but I try and compare it to um, like more traditional assets. So for example, with the typical yield on like a property is eight to 10%. Yeah. Realistically. At the moment, at a, at a 30X multiple, you are making 33 times or 33% ROI. So it could go up, you know, even if it went up to 66 times multiple or 60 times multiple, you're still making uh, a 15% ROI, which is more than property, but there's more risk involved. So you would expect a higher, higher return. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that over the next couple of years, we could see 60, 65 times multiples really. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of that too, because of, how Google has been able to, you know, everyone hates Google updates, right? But I actually look at Google updates as they're trying to clean up the web. And by doing that, it's making it that I believe that's a big reason why these multiples are getting where they are. People are trusting Google more and more, especially with the organic traffic that they're getting there. Do you ever worry about diversifying the traffic or do you just mainly stick to Google? Yeah. So this is an actual, an actual worry for me. <laughs> um, so going back, going back uh, about two years ago, my portfolio was made up in terms of revenue, about 85%, 80% uh, affiliate and then 20% display. And then lots of things happened over the last two years. I had to try and change up the model a bit. So we had the, you know, another Amazon rate cut, uh, which is just one of many over the years. And then Google come out and, and you know, penalizing certain sites for having too much commercial content, et cetera. So I've, 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 I've switched my whole portfolio around now. It's literally gone the opposite way. So I've got about 90% display ad revenue and 10% affiliate revenue these days. Um, so I've, I feel like I've solved that issue and I feel a lot more comfortable with a, a much bigger proportion on display ads. The part that I haven't solved and that, you know, does keep me up at night sometimes is my reliance on Google. But I've tried to do that by just diversifying a number of sites. It's very unlikely that, you know, my whole portfolio of 10 plus sites are all going to be update, get affected in one Google update, for example. So yeah. even though I don't, I'm relying on Google, I feel like I've, through multiple sites, I am somewhat diversified. Okay. No, that makes sense. Do you ever worry with like getting so granular as to have multiple Gmail accounts that has emails on it? Or do you just have like one big no. Gmail account that has everything? Yeah, just one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Do you ever worry about like email list or podcasting or something of that nature just to try to, you know, even, I mean, you can include YouTube, but YouTube is Google also. So do you yeah. include on trying to build up any other ways to try to get traffic to these sites or at least for the foreseeable future for you, it's all Google all the way? For now it is. However, um, so my partner, Mark, uh, he's, he's, almost automated building an email list on a Facebook group from his websites. Uh, and I, I've said for, for, the, for the last six months, I do this. I just need to find time to go and do it. But basically he, uh, he installs a plugin, adds a little banner to the top of the website that says, join our Facebook group. Um, people click that. And then when they go to the Facebook group, they get asked a series of questions. And one of the questions is, do you want to leave your email address and we'll update you when we've got some new updates? And then he uses a, a Chrome extension called Group Leads, and that connects up to your, you know, email provider, whether that's um, you know Active Campaign or whatever. And then every time somebody enters their email address, they automatically get entered to your your email list, your email campaign. Um, and that does two things: it builds up a Facebook group for you, and also builds up your email list. And you do that without kind of any email funnels or creating PDFs or opt-ins. So I think that's a really great hands-off way of building a group and the newsletter list. Um, I've just, <laughs> I just haven't had the, I should find the time, but I haven't found the time to do that for my own sites yet. Yeah, it's just another thing to do. I, I, guess, <laughs> I can tell you yeah. for sure, because I have a, a couple of Facebook groups and, you know, that's the one thing you do have to, you know, update and keep up a little yeah. bit more with. And it is another added thing to do on the long list of what us entrepreneurs do all the time anyways. <laughs> but um, that, I definitely can't see the value in it, though. And I, I definitely can see the value because I've bought websites that come with YouTube channels or other assets, and I'm prepared to pay a high multiple for them then because they have these other assets. So. Yeah, it's fo it sounds foolish. Literally, I've just told you that I buy websites for a higher multiple because they have them. And then I say that I can't find the time to build them for, for, for my site. So 
yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you know it, 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 sometimes it, it happens where we know what's best, but then we just don't do it, you know, <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason. Um, let me ask you this. How do you value uh, an age domain? Like, how do you know, okay, this age domain is worth $2,000. This age domain is worth $12,000. How do you know? Yeah, that's really hard because unlike a website where typically it's based on a multiple of revenue, an age domain is very subjective. Um, and subjective for a number of reasons. Like, first of all, is is what kind of what kind of niche is it in? Is it in a really competitive niche? For example, is it a you know a really strong, really clean gambling casino crypto domain? Like that's going to be worth more than a really clean, strong domain about I don't know hedgehogs, for example, because <laughs> the demand in one is so much bigger than the demand in the other, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that plays a big part is what what niche is in, uh, and then the other part is then is kind of like the referring domains. I think is a, is a big one. Lots of age domains, lots of good age domains will have typically backlink profiles that you couldn't buy really. You know they'll have links from the Guardian, New York Times, Business Insider. Um, you know kind of backlinks that would either take you a long long time to recreate or a lot of money to buy uh, if you even if you could get them. Um, and you've got to try and put your own weight in on that. So a, a domain in the crypto space with all those kind of links to you might be worth $10,000. But to me, if I've got a, you know, if I'm already in that space and I've got a special affiliate program, which pays double normal, I might be willing to pay 30000 for that domain because I know what I could do with it. Um, but I think as a, as a rule of thumb, really, with that, like, not taking in, in, into consideration niche or anything like that or potential, like our rule of thumb is like a hundred between a hundred and two hundred dollars per DR. So a, a DR twenty is two to four thousand dollars. A DR fifty is five to ten thousand dollars in that kind of range. And that's not taking into consideration the niche or you know does the backlink profile have links that you could never buy or take years to to acquire? Yeah. So you're looking. At, oh, yeah. So if you're looking at a age domain and it has a New York Times link on it. And you're like, okay, it might cost me, you know, thousands of dollars and years before I ever got that on there. It will be worth getting it in that age domain. Does that make sense? Exactly. Okay. That's right. All right, cool. And, th and this is why I think 301, using them as 301 redirects is also super powerful because your site, like you say, may take years or thousands of dollars to get a link from New York Times. But if you can find a domain that's relevant and you can redirect it in, Overnight, you've got a, a link from New York Times and Business Insider and Guardian and BBC and all these other kind of editorial sites that you would never really get. Nice, nice. Okay. Where do you go to find age domains? Yeah, so um, there's there's lots of different marketplaces out there. Uh, sorry, different auctions out there. I think the primary auction site really is GoDaddy. There's a couple of other ones, um, but GoDaddy, I think, is the biggest one. Um, and then, but the only problem with going like direct to the auction is you have to do your own due diligence. You have to do all the vetting yourself. You have to be comfortable with that process. And when you press bids, you know, that's the buck stops with you. If you buy a bad domain or you've missed something and you end up paying thousands for it, then you're on your own kind of thing. Um, or the other option would be to come to a company like us who have already vetted the domains. We've already bought them. We've already done that due diligence. And you obviously pay a small premium for that, but you know that someone else has done the due diligence. Um, and there's other places, marketplaces then. So the biggest marketplace, one of our partners is Odys, O-D-Y-S.global. Um, they've got over a thousand domains on there that they've vetted uh, and you can go and have a look and they've got pretty much every, every niche you could think of. Um, so you, you either spend the time to figure out how to vet them yourself and then go direct to auction, or you spend a bit more money on the domain uh, and let someone else kind of vet them for you. Yeah, it's definitely the Wild West, especially if you go to uh, GoDaddy, because you can just pick up anything. And gosh, okay, let's just say you did do the wrong due diligence on a domain and you redirected it and the site tanked. Would you ever, was there ever a reason why you would take off a redirection? Yeah, if you've redirected something and then afterwards you, you something's happened to the site, it's tanking, and then you relook at the domain and you think, hold on, like I missed them, I missed this whole six months where it was a PBN, it was really spammy. Like I would remove that straight away. I, I have no experience of would the site recover or not afterwards. Um, gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. I've never been in that position, but I would, I, I would, I wouldn't leave it. <laughs> I wouldn't leave it redirected if I saw there was was problems with it. Yeah, when looking at an age domain, would you go back and? 
think about the whole process of uh, disavowing links or anything? Like, what if you found a perfect domain? It's got all types of great information on it, but there's a couple of links on there that you're like, eh, that's a little iffy for me. Um, would you just leave it? Would you go ahead and uh, disavow it? How would you approach that? It depends. If, if there's just a couple of spammy links, then all websites attract spammy links. All websites attract um, like these scraper type websites, a oh, scraper content. And I hate of, those. Like, <laughs> I know. They're prolific at the moment. But if it's links like that, then I would say fine. But there's definite hard no's. So if the website um, ever had any content about, you know, like Viagra or porn and it had links back to those pages or whatever, or even if it had those pages, it's just a hard no for me. I, I looked at... Um, I did a video review uh, of, a, of a domain for someone recently, and it was um, like a user-generated content type website. Think like Tumblr or, you know, those kinds where you can log in, upload your own images and text and stuff. Yeah. And on the face of it, it was like a DR75, extremely powerful, been around since 1996, almost like as long as the internet had been around. But what I found was during the time where it was that site where it's user-generated content, it had been spammed and loads of people had created like, uh, profiles which talked about naked celebrities and talked about uh, like pharmaceuticals and steroids and like Viagra and different types of drugs. And while that content had gone years ago, it was still there in the anchor text. People were linking to that website using kind of those for the anchor text. Um, so everything else looked great. The backlink profile looked amazing. I couldn't see any dodgy kind of links. Um, there was obviously a question mark around the content, but also around the, the anchor text. And my recommendation at that, that price, because it was an expensive domain, is just it's not worth the risk. Like, find something that's better. Find something that doesn't have a red flag, essentially, because thousands of hundreds of thousands of domains expire every day, pretty much. Um, like, all right, you might have to wait another two months, but if you're going to invest a year plus of your time and resources on building a site on it, what's waiting another month or two for the perfect for the right domain to come along nothing really in the grand scheme of things yeah that makes perfect sense you don't you, you when you're working for someone else you're always doing things for them they tell you what to do when to do it or, and how to do it but when you're working for yourself you got to make these decisions now and make sure that they're right <laughs> because yeah. otherwise you will end up wasting you know months or, or a year worth of time because of a bad decision but uh, like you said before you know um i always i always say scared money don't make money right it's uh you got to jump into it and just see what happens and most yeah. of the time we focus on the negative things but we yeah. can also focus on what's positive that can happen if this actually works out and usually that's much higher than the lows of lows um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're getting close to the end of our time here. Um, has there anything that we didn't cover that you might think is is important to know when it comes to uh, an age domain or or an age site? Um. Yeah. Good question. I I think I always I keep coming back to this point, but it, relevancy is key. Like, I I even even through some of the brokerage through through some of the the marketplace or, or website brokers where websites are for sale. I see websites that are built on age domain that have nothing to do with them. I think a, a, a almost infamous example now is a, a website that came up on Motion Invest where it was a, a website about popcorn, you know, how to make popcorn, et cetera, popcorn machines that had been built on a, an age domain that used to be about sharks and it still had sharks in the URL. I'm like, what the hell is this? And it taken off quite nicely and they were selling it very early on. But Google is going to catch up to that yeah. sooner or later and realize this content's nothing to do about with sharks and it's, it's gonna it's just gonna tank um so just remember if, if you take away one thing from this from this episode is relevancy is key like the, the more closely you can match it the better yeah um just to follow up on that uh and I, I understand what you're saying that does make sense and it has to be relevant but what about what if you found like an old bakery let's just say you had a baking site and then you found this old bakery that was in you know, I'm in the United States, so Seattle, and they yeah. were there for 10 years. They had this little mini site, but they had a lot of pl a lot of uh, links from like maybe newspapers locally or whatever. But you're yeah. in, you know, Europe or you're in Australia and you want to start a baking site. What is is the relevance there because it's about baking or does it matter that it was a local business versus uh, a website that was going after the whole you know, the whole world in terms of the content that they were creating. Um, is there anything that I have to worry about there if I was deciding on buying maybe a local place, uh, a local domain? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, actually. Uh, and 
annoyingly, again, the answer is it depends, which I feel like the answer is for most for most SEOs, but I'll tell you why. So if the if the website was literally about the baking business and it had maybe three pages, so I have a homepage, an about us page, a contact us page, a menu page, and nothing else, then I would probably leave that alone because the website essentially was about a business rather than about baking. Mm-hmm. If the website had a blog and they talked about, you know, the ingredients they use for their, for their baking and, you know, how they went about making cookies and how they went about making cakes, et cetera, and they had some content that was talking about the subject of baking rather than baking as a business, i.e. a menu and opening hours, then I think that would be fine to make a, a baking website on. So even it comes down to the granularity of, of, of relevance in terms of, is this a, a website about a baking business or is this a website about baking if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense because the even though it's because of what you plan on doing with the new site, you'd want that to fit yeah. as closely as possible with what the old site was doing. And if it was just a exactly. glorified brochure or website basically that talk, talked about yeah. the um the business then it's probably not going to help too too much um and probably not no. even carry a ton of value either. Does that so make again, does, just, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, and okay. coming back to wait, waiting as well. So if I had the choice of that, or I had the choice to wait another month and find another domain that was a blogger talking about blogging recipes, baking recipes, I would take that all day over a website that, that was about a bakery business. Gotcha. No, that's that, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Because there's so many domains out there and there's so many yeah. permutations and possibilities of what can happen that we can't necessarily go over every single one of them. So it's good to have some of the principles in mind, you know, so that when we see something, we know the principle and we go into it. So I guess, you know, just to kind of close this out, um, is there anything I need to worry about when it comes to a 301 redirect or do I just with an age domain or should I just go ahead and just give it a try? You know, um, I'm brand new. I'm just starting blogging. I found this yeah. age domain somewhere. It has a few links on it. I mean, it might cost me a grand to get it, you know, but I got the money to blow. Should I just try that? Or uh, it, it, as a first site, should I just stick to what I'm doing? Let's just do you know, content creation, low competition keywords, and hope to get links over time. What would you choose nowadays? To build, to build as a, as a three hundred one redirect, or to build a website on? Um, as a three hundred one redirect, should I? Would you take a chance yeah. on uh, uh, a domain if you think it checks all of your boxes? Yes, I would. Uh, however, I would definitely try and get a second opinion from someone who has experience. Uh, which is which is basically why we launched our service, <laughs> where you can you can basically get a second opinion from someone who's built hundreds of uh, built on hundreds of domains and vetted thousands probably. So, I would suggest it, assuming that you've got a solid idea of kind of the, what you're doing. the vetting process and it passes. Yeah, it passes all the all the criteria that you want. Yeah, no, I mean, I absolutely adore this business because it's just, it's it works out so well money wise that it just it just makes sense to do, and it's something that um you know uh, I think anyone should get in because of how it works. But um, yeah, this is some awesome stuff. So I do appreciate your time, uh, Adam. It's been great. We've uh, touched quite a few subjects here. Hopefully, um, we were able to bring some value. Actually, you were able to bring some value to people. I'm just here asking the questions. You were to start a show. So I do appreciate you taking the time to be to be with us. So where can uh, everyone find you? Yep. So you can find us at our website, uh, nichewebsite.builders. Um, we've also got a Facebook group, um, Niche Website Builders Facebook group. And um we also have a, we have our own podcast and we also do three lives a week. So if you're interested in finding out more about age domains, we do um, age domain Tuesday, where every Tuesday we pick another topic about age domains uh, and we do a live stream. And then um, Wednesday we do a live stream with Doug Cunnington and Alex from WP Eagle. And we kind of rotate around the channels and that's more of a lifestyle, like a, a working on lifestyle uh, live. And then on Thursdays, it's me and Mark again doing just website investing. So for example, we just finished a three-part, is it better to buy or build? And, you know, what's the pros and cons of each? Um, and we just finished a three-part mini-series on that. So, yeah, find us there. Yeah, so definitely go check out the podcast. It's also under Niche Website Builders. Yeah, it is. All right, cool. And um, I know what you're talking about with the YouTube. That was a, uh, I think the one you had recently about time management or something of that nature was was, was pretty awesome. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you'd be surprised how much time you waste and all of a sudden you 
you did absolutely nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, the day is gone. <laughs> uh, the whole day is gone, right? Just looking at reports all day and nothing got moved forward. But um, no, definitely check out the YouTube channel. Check out the podcast, Net Website Builders. Really great information there. It's Adam and Mark, and they interview uh, people as well. And um, it's a good time. You know, podcasts are an amazing way to uh, consume content. I love it, which is why we're here on the podcast as well. So thank you so much, Adam, for being on, man. I'll, I'll catch you later. You're welcome. Cheers, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Have you been struggling to make money with your blog? Or maybe you'd like to learn how to build a niche blog and start generating a passive income, but don't know how to go about it. Well, don't worry, I got you covered. Introducing Blog Builder Pro. Blog Builder Pro is a comprehensive online course designed to take you from a complete beginner to having a website up and running that is making you money. Blog Builder Pro also helps take the guesswork out of monetizing your blog by teaching you an easy step-by-step -step process that I call the Nifty 50 Course Steps. These steps will tell you what to do and when to do it so that you are never lost. One of the biggest frustrations that newer bloggers have is that they do not know if the work they are putting in on their sites will yield them some result. But thanks to the more than 60 professionally produced lessons, special worksheets, easy blog and email templates, exclusive webinar discounts, one-on-one -on -one training, and a community that can help you answer questions 24-7, Blog Builder Pro is rocking the industry with this groundbreaking and comprehensive training, holding your hand from start to finish. So go to bloggerevolution.com income and check out the free webinar for some more information. That is bloggerevolution.com income.